to Expounded Universe, Season 7, Episode 4. Party on, Garth! The book, Vector Prime, by R.A. Salvatore. The year, 1999. Chapters 7 and 8, with your hosts, Jeff and John. Let's go! So you're saying that Luke Skywalker is extorting the New Republic. Also, the fact that they named it with her last name and the name... That's tacky. I shitted and farted and came. Welcome back to Expounded Universe, the Star Wars Expanded Universe novel discussion podcast. I'm Jeff, joined as always by my co-host John, and you know what we're here for, to talk about Expanded Universe Star Wars novels we are. Yeah. That's all we do. That's the, the only thing we do here. I'm shaking one right yeah. now. Yep. Like, and now I'm slapping at it and gesturing towards it emphatically. So you know I'm deadly serious. Oh, yeah. It's you, as if I'm blaming the book for something. <laughs> which like I am. the book owes me money. Yeah. Come on, book. Pay it up. <laughs> Come on, book. You owe me money. I wasted money on you. Cough up $5, book. That's how much you cost, I think. Five dollars. It was book. like five or six dollars for these two copies of a, uh, a couple few dollars. Yeah, some small number of dollars, and I own them both, and I let John have one, so I guess I own one of them. Yeah, yeah. This was a gift. Oh, was it? Okay. Was it a gift for the family? No, just for me. Oh, okay. you wouldn't inflict this on the family. Did it work? Am I slowly seducing you? I mean, I'm inserting so many sex coins, John. <laughs> it's kindness coins. And then sex comes out. No, I want kindness to come out. Ah, <laughs> uh, that's the other sad version of that. <laughs> yeah, no, it is kind of, isn't it? Oh, it's life from the other side. Oh, oh, I made myself sad thinking Shoot. about that. That's bad. I feel bad now. I'm sorry. Oh. Anyway, please accept the gift is with no strings attached, just like all the sex. <laughs> so anyway, we are still reading our way through Vector Prime. Uh, the Yuzhan Vong invasion prelude to a death. <laughs> yeah, that's what it's called. That's the full title. Yeah. New Jedi Order, Yuzhan Vong, uh, before the invasion prelude to a death. There's a lot of colons in there. There's so many colons. There's more than three colons. Well, you can tell there's a lot of colons because it's real shitty. Hey! <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> oh, that's the humor you can expect here. At Expounded Universe. Watch for that applause light, and don't forget to tip your waitress. Ding, ding, ding! Hey, hey. are you warmed up yet, crowd? Because we've got Gabriel Iglesias. <laughs> Anybody insulting a birthday? Anybody doing an anniversary here tonight? Yeah, because I'm an insult comic, so uh, who's... Sir, where are you from? Oh, hey, what's that hat all about? <laughs> I'm a terrible insult comic. Sir, where are you from? I'm uh, from Duluth. Duluth sucks! <laughs> I've been there. Hate it. Yeah. What do you think of that, sir? Huh? I stubbed my toe there once. <laughs> uh, okay, so anyway, what's going on, John? Where do we leave our noble heroes and valiant foes? Well, the uh, the chapter picks up with uh, basically when we left the people on Belkadan. Belkadan, they, yeah. They wanted to go take the spaceship up into space so that they could check out what the hell is going on and because their radio equipment was down because mm -hmm. of the efforts of yeoman car yeah uh they were also like well we have to break atmo in order to send a message out through the ship as well yes indeed uh now it's it's almost kind of weird how bad their ship is given how cheap we've established that ships are in this galaxy it's odd because i'm also like 
didn't like wouldn't any of these people have maybe a personal ship because we seem to see that as like the car of the star wars universe we're like if you're an adult, you've probably got a spaceship. I mean, I feel like it's easy to forget just exactly how stupidly wealthy the main characters of the Star Wars are. It's like Fast and the Furious. <laughs> In the first couple of movies, yeah, I think they're not completely... Well, they're like, oh, we're street racers and we take things and fix them up until they're amazing. Yeah, and then by like the eighth one, they're like, oh, sure, I have a hot car in Berlin, no worries. Hey, don't worry about it. I can just make cars appear wherever I want. Yeah, I'm a multi-billionaire. No big deal. I pulled off a heist or something. <laughs> so many heists or somethings. Uh, so yeah, they've got uh, they've got high hopes of yeah. taking this incredibly shitty ship. I mean, a ship that it gets so many descriptions of it being shitty that you're like, should you even be flying this thing? They're like, oh, we can't go back to the atmosphere to warn people about a problem. We, The ship would never get back into atmosphere. And I'm like, if it's then that what's bad... what's your plan? Yeah, I don't understand what they're doing. If this ship is that broken, don't use it. Uh, so anyway, we start with uh, of course, Danny Key, our main super heroine on this planet yeah kind of our new character she's gonna go ahead and pilot the ship and she needs a couple other brave souls to go with her now she and needs again, she needs a like geology expert and uh, it's like a navigations person or something people someone who'd be useful for the space stuff uh yeah 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 but the ship is so rotten and crappy that they literally probably don't have the oxygen to take four people oh yeah they were like look if we take an extra person we're just not even going to have the supplies to get there and back with four yeah and i'm like again do not do this oh yeah this is the worst idea yeah i mean it's one thing when you're looking at it from like on earth sort of thing we're like ooh, we're gonna take a voyage to like on a ship or we're going through the frozen north or whatever yeah but at least then you're like yeah but if you fuck up and your supplies run low you can kind of make more like you can go scavenge and do stuff yeah they can't because they can't land that ship anywhere they're in space what are you gonna do even if they went to a different planet for emergency supplies the ship's so rickety that it can't get out of that planet's atmosphere again so they are really this is a suicide mission this is just all their eggs in one basket for no reason yeah it's a very weird decision but anyway she decides to extend the honor of going on this morons fool fool quest to uh yeoman car yes indeed and uh yeoman car however wants none of this no he for opens, multiple reasons yeah he's in there sitting around going ah humans are inferior to the vong uh i of course like scars and pain i oh. like scar and pain <laughs> pick it up pick it up pick it up i like scar and pain disney villains that's what i like Ooh, i love them so much specifically pain the fat one i think from the two little demon things from Hercules. Yes, because I think Panic was the skinny one. Yes, and also Scar the Lion. Ooh, he's got a great song. The Vong only like the Disney villains. <laughs> Shoot, now I like the Vong again. Aw. The, the villains are the best part. Yeah, well, but they, they only to, like... They, they used to be. Weird villains like Pain. <laughs> well, I mean, to be yeah, they only like the really weird ones who are like weird pain slots like them. But like... I can get this because this is from a long, long time ago in a galaxy far away because Disney villains kind of suck now. Uh, I mean, can you even name the villain from Frozen? 
Uh, well, it was a big twist. It was a. It was like Prince What's His Face or something. Yeah. And what about Entangled? Oh gosh, people are always so scared of the name of Mother Gothel. Yeah, or Gothel. I forget. Gothel. Gothel. <laughs> if you're doing the full German. Yeah. <laughs> well, anyway, so. So he's like, I don't want to go with you on this mission. Basically, he's like, no, take someone who's more worthy than me. He's like, look, I'm the newest person here. The honor of going on this scientific mission has to go to someone who's really put in their time here and is my senior. She's like, that's dumb. And he's like, also, you're probably only asking me because no one else wants to go on that obvious death trap of a ship. Yeah, and she's like, yeah, that is accurate. Uh, that, that is very true. Yeah. And he's like, no, I, I'm not going with you. I'm going to stay here and keep doing my job because that's the kind of thing that I, Yeoman Carr, definite human, like to do. <laughs> Hi. Definite human Yeoman Carr here. I've got a, not so much a question as it is. I've <laughs> <laughs> uh, got a series of comments followed by a weird personal intrusive request. This is kind of a two-part question. <laughs> Would you go to prom with me and why not? <laughs> and why are you obviously going to not do that? <laughs> uh, I'm so glad that our Q and the one or two Q and A sessions we've actually had to do in our professional careers have gone so smoothly. Yeah, no one's been like, "Hey, so I want to tell you a long story about the stuff that you guys do." Yeah. So in episode 23, you mentioned I'm like I don't remember anything. <laughs> yeah, you got us. Whoa, there, <laughs> cowboy. <laughs> hey, calm down. <laughs> I forget what the last episode was about. <laughs> uh but yeah, Yeoman Carr also is going to stay here because apparently his mission is stay on this planet forever and don't leave or we'll kill you. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's weird. He's like, no, I can't go with you anyway. Goodbye. So he closes the door and Danny goes off to find who her third actual like person's going to be. And he whips around terrified because he, he's, he was worried for a second that she might have figured him out, uh, especially because the worm in his ear is buzzing. Well, yeah, he's he's got that worm in his ear, and if he doesn't let it rest, yeah, apparently then it'll buzz long. itself to death. So the Taizo worm is vibrating too strongly, and he has to go put it away. Uh, which is weird because that that has not been mentioned previously. What that he has to go put it away? Well, no, that the worm has will buzz itself to death. I mean, he's been working eight hour shifts on this planet for like years. Yeah, but you assume he like takes it out at night, it just never talks to people. Yeah, well, like when he sleeps. Well, yeah, but there's no reason. It's not like he's had it in his ear for the past 24 hours. We don't get that mention. I mean, we don't know. He yeah, might have. We don't know. It's weird. It's just weird. I'm just saying it's weird. I'm just saying you're weird. This is weird. Yeah. So anyway, after getting the worm put away in the small coffer, as the book describes it, uh, he then prays by wanging his head into the floor. Yeah, he slams his head on the ground and then like tries to push the planet away from him essentially as his like hands and knuckles go white with the pressure pushing against the floor and i'm like so is he just bad at push-ups like what's the deal with him he's just doing a handstand <laughs> it's the weirdest description of one ever he put his head across upon the floor and pushed with all his might on his hands and you're like okay all right so he's doing a handstand all right yes but it's for evil yes but the vong handstand <laughs> it causes pain we have special cylindrical starfish on our hands that go into them when we push <laughs> the <sighs> they create free chili and cheese <laughs> so the uh the prayer is then ended when he's like i gotta go fucking talk to dagara yeah, and his, let him know that these people are on their way. Yeah, he's like, so 
he finishes his prayer and he's like, okay, I got to call Prefect Dagara. So he goes and gets that, that particular squishy villip. Yeah, he goes and gets his testicle out of the closet. Gets the, the rightmost of his two testicles. And uh, he strokes that until it inverts. Mm-hmm. And then uh, out comes Dagara's face. Still covered in whatever that starfish is, I think. Ooglith maskers and starfish rebreathers. Yeah, he's still got all that shit on. Oh, I'm sorry. He, he's wearing an Ooglith cloaker. Yes. Uh, so his Ooglith cloaker and his starfish rebreather all up on him. Uh, but apparently the Villip inverted image is so good that he can still see a lot of very interesting details. Yeah. Well, uh, the whole thing is he's like, ooh, the Villip views the starfish thing is so much a part of him that it transmits that as well what an interesting theory that this thing which is clearly a visual system is like i'm also what would it do if it didn't recognize that part of him just extrapolate what the rest of his face might look like i mean it's like saying that when you take a fucking picture of someone you're like oh your shirt is such a part of you that it appears in the very picture yeah it was a very weird thing for it to say because i'm like it's not like a psychic thing where it's like oh i take a projection of your face and send it along this it's taking what it sees and making the other one mold to look like that. Yeah. I don't... Uh, whatever. Behold this fo- this photograph I have taken of you. It is as if you are one with your sunglasses. Yes, look at this photograph. Every time I do, it makes me laugh. <laughs> it's just a villip while dangling off the edge of a cliff. Says, hang in there, villip on the corner. Uh, okay, so uh, yeah, he calls Degar and he's like, hey, so there's a little spaceship coming. Uh, you need to be wary of the one known as Danny Quee. She is the only one that is mighty of spirit in these total dweebs. Yeah. Is, is she formidable? Uh, is she worth the conversion? Yeah. Like, oh, is she worthy of converting? It's like, oh, she's so worthy that she wouldn't be able to be converted because her will is so strong. She's super double plus worthy. Oh, she's super hot for an ugly human. <laughs> so, oh God. Uh, so they're like, well, then maybe she should just be sacrificed. Indeed, a worthy sacrifice. Indeed, sacrifice. And sacrifice, we are told, is a huge thing for them because they all know that they're going to die and no one's afraid of death. They're just afraid of how they'll die. Mm-hmm. So a sacrifice is seen as like a very good death because you're being like honored given up to the gods in honor yeah so they're like basically they're saying let's give this danny lady a good honorable vong death like because you're an actual human with some pizzazz or whatever Mm -hmm. you got moxie so we're gonna stab you on an altar instead of just like shoot you in the head i mean i like the idea the one thing i picked up from this that i found kind of intriguing is that the vong aren't just here to kill everyone (laughs) that they're gonna be like hey you're cool you want to be a vong i guess hey you're cool you want to get all scarred up yeah you want to be one of our wet goopy people huh Eh, what do you feel about pain Hmm? i mean to be i mean i know from reading wikipedia a whole bunch that they are going to go right to the planet uh, uh, Yavitha system, which is the bad guys from the most recent arc before this, and murder all of them because they're too similar to the Vong. They're just like pain-obsessed, skeletal-looking, scarred-up weirdos. It's the same kind of thing. They're like, oh, shit, we found ourselves already here. Yeah, we got it. So they murder them rather than deal with them. Uh, Would you think they'd just go over there and be like, hey, you guys just want to... Hey, you guys seem cool. Hey, you want to be Vongs instead of whatever? You want to fly around in some... 
big squishy ship. They even have the same death culture where they're like, oh, all all Yevethans will die. It is the manner of death that matters. <laughs> but not every Yevethan really lives. <laughs> Hand in a cornfield. Wait, cornfield? No, it has to be like a wheat field, doesn't it? What? Ham in a cornfield? Ham in a cornfield uh, is the Yevethan official motto. Yeah. Ham in a cornfield, chicken yeah. on rye. That's what they... <laughs> This uh, just sounds like I'm going to start fiddling any yeah, moment. Now. No, that's true. No, okay, so uh, so he calls Prefect Degara and, and and has this conversation, and Degara's like, "Yeah, I promise, I'm going to I'm going to do a good job sacrificing her." So thanks for the info. Uh, also, mm, what are you going to do now? And, and and Yeoman's like, "All right, well, I guess my Dweebit storm's about to go all crazy and ruin this planet, so I'm going to put on my Ooglith mask or cloaker and just sit here till I well, guess I die." First, he has to go. Uh, dick with the already crappy ship. Oh, they have two phone calls? Okay. Because he has to go over to the ship and be like, all right, I'm going to put on my masker, and it's going to look like I'm fixing the ship, and I kind of also am, but I'm also making it so that if you send out a message, it looks like it's been sent, but it has not. Yeah. So he's Because he's like, I can't let them contact anyone, and instead of murdering everybody here... I'm just going to sabotage the ship. Yeah, so he sabotages the ship, but at the same time, he also, like, fixes some vent or something, and he's like, hey, th there was a gasket here that was messed up, so... Oh, yeah, your your hover dingle was all askew, Yeah, you're, so you're, I went in and slapped it a little. Your alignment's shot here. As you can see, you've got too many squizzles in your one sheath. Yeah, you're... Are you just making shit up? Your compensator's all blown, and you've got a Durgoth in your... Well, fart bucket. Also, I really need you to look at these air filters. <laughs> you could just look at this air filter real quick. Thank you. Just sign off that you don't need me to change it for a fresh one. But do look at how dirty it is. Look at how dirty this is. Mm -hmm. I don't know. We'll shake it a little then and put it back in. Yeah, for Christ's sake. It's uh, That means it's working. I'd be scared if you showed me a clean one. <laughs> yeah, you're like, oh man, your air filter is just pristine. You're fucked. This is a real problem for you. Oh man, something's <laughs> gone horribly wrong. <laughs> You've got black lung. <laughs> you're going to die. You're, you're going to die. <laughs> so, yes, yeah. every human dies. Yes. But I choose to die from black lung. <laughs> it's the matter of the death that matters. And I'm going to die from an old-timey mining disease. Uh, Danny catches him working on the ship and, like, intimates that he's a coward but he doesn't understand the oh, reference yeah, that's, that's right she calls him like a bavarian pocket or something baldavian because this isn't earth he's not bavarian <laughs> you're a bavarian chocolate <laughs> are you insinuating that i'm a coward like the bavarians ah <laughs> yes the very same <laughs> i would think you would know that i'm a worldly and brave man such as the bohemians <laughs> I'd say I'm more of an Austrian, but all right. <laughs> Very well. As long as we're naming countries in that part of the world that don't exist anymore, I find you quite Prussian in smell. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, so yeah, she calls him a Beldavian pocket, which apparently is an animal that is scared. Yeah, but he doesn't understand, which is probably good, because I feel like if anyone was like, hey, Yeoman Carr, you are a coward, he would lose his shit and murder them. Well, he... Kind of, it says like he gets the idea that she's joking that he might be scared to fly, and he's like, ha ha ha, yes, ha ha. Well, ha. yeah, he's like, I understand that she has jokingly insulted me in some way, but yeah. I don't understand the reference. Ah, okay. So I feel like if you went up to Yeoman Carr and were like, you are a coward, and you would abandon a dying man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, at that point he'd probably try to murder you. Yeah, but uh, 
she offers again to be like, ah, you want to go? You want to come with us? Uh, gonna, we're going to go look at an ice ball that got hit by a rock or something. You could be the fourth person on our ship that would definitely die. And he's like, no, please don't. Uh, we, we can't have a fourth person on this rust bucket. It's It will literally kill everyone to this, put another person on there. I can't even imagine how bad. Is it just one of those like Ewok hang gliders with a bubble hanging off the bottom of it? Who would leave this thing for these people? It's just an act of cruelty to be like, all right, ex-gal, I want you guys to sit out here and watch for space, watch space for like interesting aliens. And uh, if you got to leave the planet, I've left you this ridiculously rusted out broken bus. Look, I've <laughs> I've given you an old Chevy with no floor and a hot air balloon to strap to it. So you figure it out. Yeah, have fun with this, guys. Work it out. It's just it, it's weird to me. And also that it I mean it's just weird. So, yeah. <laughs> now he gets to go and have his other conversation with the guy, Degara, where he's like, yes, I, everything is in order. They suspect nothing of the dweebits. Yes, soon the dweebits will do their sinister work and d- all will be revealed. Their dweeby business. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, dweeby business. That's what we should have called the episode. Uh, uh, okay, so... And... and uh, Prefect Degara basically responds, responds with, well, what are you going to do? Well, I guess I'm going to sit here on this dumb planet and ride it out. Well, yeah, because he's like, all right, I hope you have your cloaker with you. I'd hate to see someone as amazing as Yeoman Carr die in a dweebit storm like some kind of dumb idiot. I, mean, I know that this is supposed to be him vi- like visiting an inc- incredible compliment on Yeoman Carr. Yeah. But it sounds like he's making fun of him. Oh, it really does. Yeah. But Yeoman Carr's like, oh, what a great compliment from the prefect. But it just sounds like, oh, I would hate for a mighty warrior like Yeoman Carr. And you can't see the bottom half of him. You can just see the top half of yeah. his face. But down below he's making jerk off motion you could just tell yeah if only he had the is he making a jerk off motion right now villip we would be able to see oh that. yeah if he That's, had that full body jerk off villip yeah <laughs> oh, these are your all these monsters are getting worse every time we add any descriptions Man, so i was thinking about it sure sure so he's got an oogleth masker and an oogleth cloaker yeah he's got at least two different communication testicles mm-hmm. a couple of worms and he brought along a bunch of dweebit beetles. Yeah, and if you want thingamabobs, he's got 20. My thing is, did did no one check his stuff when he showed up on planet? Did someone, like, look in his briefcase and go, huh, you got a bunch of moving human skin here? Well, the planet's uninhabited other than these people, so it's not like they have a customs agent. No, but, like, when he's being sent there. That's true. You'd think someone would be like, hey, we don't want you smuggling in, like, a huge load of drugs or whatever. Let me take a quick peek in your bag. Oh, it's full of gross nonsense. Why are you smuggling two coconut balls and wiggly skin beetles? I intend to eat all of this stuff. I'm from a planet where we do that. (laughs) (laughs) I'm from Crazy Made Up Planet, where we eat nonsense. I'm from Bando Pram, and we definitely eat wiggle skins that's our favorite <laughs> it's a cultural thing it's it's religion come for me. on down to bando prams wiggle skins friday <laughs> is ladies night uh don't touch that it'll, me- it'll meld with your hand <laughs> thursday's two for one dweebits <laughs> so no i don't plus i don't think he ever went through proper channels to get to here i think he just showed up here one day <laughs> he just 
showed up and yeah, was, and like, was like, hi, I, I was sent by the guys. Uh, yeah, I'm what, here. Did Bill send you? Yes. Yeah, it was Bill. Yeah, definitely yeah, it was Bill. Definitely Bill. Oh, you know Bill with all his funny ways. You know Bill, how he does things. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Bill. Yeah, you know Bill and his human customs. Now, if you'll excuse me, I need to drag this sack of pulsing meat to my room. <laughs> why, why, why is your rucksack leaking what seems to be a viscous meaty sauce? <laughs> I purchased a rib witch on the way here. <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry. Oh, you've, you've made a horrible mistake. <laughs> uh, anyway, that was just something that had been in my mind for a while now is... He's got too many of these weird things to to be like, oh, I just put this very quietly underneath the clothes that I had. I think the regular problem we seem to run into with the Yuzhan or the Vong is that so much of their stuff is single purpose. Yeah. I'm like, you've got too many dumb things. Yeah. How did you smuggle all of this in here? Like, to be fair, my cell phone can't make an interstellar phone call. Uh, but it can call a lot of people. I don't have to have a different phone for the size of a basketball for everyone I'd like to talk to. Yeah. Plus, you know, I can look up things and yeah. play games, do stuff. Yeah. That, it seems like they invented a lot of interesting single-purpose goops, but it, they, they really need to learn to consolidate because they have to carry too many goops around. Yeah. All right. Well, anyway. But that's uh, okay because they have a goop to carry their goops. Yeah. They have a special goop that carries goops. Uh, none of this stuff has sex. It's all heap quivers. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, anyway, he has his little uh, talk with Degar there about how he's going to ride out the storm and maybe Nominor will come by and pick him up at some point. Yeah, Nominor, when he hears of the prowess of the mighty Yeoman Car, will certainly send for you. Certainly he'll want your expertise in espionage. I still... I, Every time when Degar is talking, I'm like, okay, this is really confirming for me that Yeoman Car is like the dope of the... I don't know why they sent him out here if that was that important, but well, no one seems to like him. I think it's because, and we get this in this chapter, he's such he's a fucking the, zealot. Well, he's the only one who has any tech prowess. Yeah, it's true. He because can, they're so technophobic, and he's like, oh, I can actually work on mechanical things. Yeah, yeah. Yeoman Car does machines, which no one else, <laughs> most of them are party dudes. Most of them uh-huh. are indeed <laughs> cruel, uh, cool but rude. Cool but rude. Most of them are cool but like Like Naminor, obviously, we've already uh, encountered him. Definitely cool, but rude. He is very cool, but very rude. Yeah. <laughs> he's like a double raff. Yeah, yeah. Where he's Prefect Tagara here, I'm pretty sure is a party dude. <laughs> and uh, the other one's whatever they describe Leonardo as. Who cares? Leonardo's here as well. Yeah. He's got two swords, which he can't use because they're too dangerous. It's a cartoon. He'll spend so much time kicking stuff. Unless it's robots, then go ahead. <laughs> San Diego City Council. <laughs> okay, so um, anyway, then uh, push forward for me. Garth Brees shows up and he has to like quickly throw a towel over his talk testicle, throw it in the closet, mm-hmm. and he rips his shirt off, throws it on the ground, and then makes as if he's just woken up. Yes. So he's like, oh, oh my, mm, it is an early hour for humans. Yes, this is not a normal hour at which humans would be awake. It is still dark, and I understand that we humans are not nocturnal. Besides, I didn't think you were Garth Brees at night. I thought you turned into Chris Gaines. <laughs> uh, and Garth is like, come on, you 
we're going to go fix that tower. And he's like, very well, let me find the shirt that I have just thrown on the floor. I mean, that I flew on the floor earlier before I went to, to human bed. Before I took human sleep, I took off my clothes for a covering on me would be shameful in the bed of human. I do not sleep on a pile of old mouse traps. <laughs> I do not sleep on a bed made of thorns and wiggly bits. My bed is not in a live goop. <laughs> My bed certainly doesn't try to bite me as I sleep. And succeed. Oh, the pain. Oh, the, the delicious pain. <laughs> Meanwhile, Garth just like, yeah, yeah, uh -huh. yeah, obviously. I, uh huh. Yeah, we all do that. Yeah, anyway, coffee. <laughs> we we got to go get up that tower. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, you will be killed first. Mm -hmm. Yeah, right, sure. Yeah, that's great. Anyway, uh, come hey. on, buddy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So then we switch over to Garth's perspective as they head over to the tower. Mm -hmm. And Garth is just like, oh, that yeoman car. He's such a human. <laughs> he's he's definitely not a weird alien. We switch to Garth's perspective, and he's like, oh, I'm a little uncomfortable with the camera. <laughs> Wayne's over there. <laughs> We switch to, to Garth's perspective, and he's like, hey, if Danny Key was the president, she'd be Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> she'd be a robo-babe. <laughs> uh. She could give a dog a bone. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> anyway. Uh, so they head out to the tower, and uh, <laughs> Yeoman Carr is doing his best to try and stall out garth and have him not go up the tower because mm -hmm. he's like the longer i can have him just not do this the more i can have time to like fuck around and i make sure nobody finds out about stuff yeah. so when they get there they encounter a pile of dweebit beetles and and uh and he's like oh my god what are all these bugs uh, i do not know what these are human male similar to me i am not sure what these dweebits could be <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. Fucking dweebits, right? Yeah. What are these little dweebits? <laughs> dweebits. Ah, the guy, they got me right in the dweebits, I'll tell you that. <laughs> ah, I was down at Marty's and this dweebit comes up to me and I'm like, hey, gabagoo! <laughs> I punched him in the scobos! <laughs> uh, uh, so and Yeoman tries to be like, ooh, maybe these are what burrowed into the wires. He's like, no, it was definitely something with a very human-looking mouth that chewed on it and got... Kind of hard over it. <laughs> yes, but these beetles might be important. Perhaps we should go back and report them. Maybe and also they... swat ourselves with things. <laughs> Maybe they climbed into the pipes and are running around the cables. That would be bad. Maybe we should check the entire length of cable for beetles. Yes, and also let us return to camp so I may burn my scobos with an iron. <laughs> I'm sorry, so I can report. I need to dangle my dweebits over an open flame or else, you know, it's just not lunchtime. I need to go set a trap on my dangle ham, if you understand me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we all get it anyway. Uh, sure. Yeah, all sure, that's us, all of us humans. Everyone here is super into pain. <laughs> oh, everybody, if you want to get an axe gal you got to be into pain and have a bunch of weird wriggle skins <laughs> uh, uh. but eventually garth is like nah my dude we are not getting out of this ridiculous climb up a tower we have to do it and we might as well do it now so it takes them most of the day to climb the tower because it's a hundred meter tower and it's dangerous to climb and they have to keep doing safety harness attachments yeah unlike when yeoman car went up there originally he just scampered up there like a squirrel yeah, yep. now he's now he's got to go. Garth is like, oh no, I'm going slow and steady and making sure we've got harnesses. Doing and this by the book. 
Uh, so when they finally get up there, they can act, they, they get up there just in time to watch the space caster blast off. Yeah, they see it blasting off again. Mm-hmm. There it goes, blasting off again for definitely the last time because it cannot land safely. <laughs> oh, it, they will all be dead. Mm-hmm. And uh, when they see it blast off, uh, Carr visibly relaxes because he's like, oh, good. Okay, they, no reports can be filed that will stop the ship from going. Everything's everything's the way I need it. No to one's going to find out that I did a weird thing or else they would have grounded it. Yeah, exactly. So he watches it go off with some, like, uh, he's happy about it. And then he sets about kind of messing with uh, Garth. Yeah. It's a little mean. It's a little wild and a little strange. But Garth's like, hey, look at this. Someone got into here and did some stuff. Oh, it was the wind, definitely. Ah, yes, the wind has blown this apart. Mm-hmm. Ah, indeed. But perhaps hmm, a threat up here, are you? What? Uh, yeah, because he's like... I guess his Tizo worm is getting tired or something. I don't know. Yeah, he switches into Yoda He goes speak. back to Yoda speak. He goes to Yoda. A threat up here, are you? And uh, I love that Garth is just, what? Huh? What the hey, fuck? yeah, obviously. All yeah. of us talk like Yoda all the time here. <laughs> That's us. We're Yodas here. Mm-hmm. Even though I'm not doing it right now, I definitely do it all the time normally. Yeah, I'm not going to do an example of it. Just, uh, But, you know, when I'm, when I'm in my private moments, I talk like a Yoda. <laughs> When I'm in my uh, room by myself, and it's just me and God, I like to talk to a Yoda-zism. Yeah, do my Yoda type. But I'm not going to do it, even though it would be normal for me to do it at this time. <laughs> I shall not. Mm. Reg- ru- uh, regulations. And then Yeoman Carr just, like, jams two fingers into his windpipe. Mm. And is like, ha ha! Fuck you, buddy! Ah! And then, then basically, uh, Gar spends a few minutes trying to grab handholds. And all that Yeoman Carr is doing here is just blocking him. She's oh, like, nope, man. Nope, 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 nope. Yeah, he's just like, no, you can't grab No, you can't grab that. No, no. I'm not going to just immediately kill you. I'm having way too much fun watching you struggle. Yeah, and eventually he gets to a point where Carr can't reach him, and he's hanging from something that, that, that won't hold his weight, and he's just like, why? And then he falls to his death. Yeah, he cuts the rope that is the only thing keeping him there, and yeah. down goes Garth Brees. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he impacts with a wet and sickening thud on the floor on the forest floor. Oh, and Yeoman Carr was glad that Garth had redirected all the floodlights. They gave him a better view of the final descent and bone smashing impact. <laughs> Delicious. I wish that was my bones. <laughs> uh, I have a little bone smashing to do when I get back to the building now. He had one moment of regret when he considered that Garth might have crushed some of his pet dweebits. Of course. I love when I crush my dweebits, you know, in the door. Yes. Yes, I like to belvedere myself in the dweebits <laughs> every once in a while. Ooh, just a good belvedering. That's what the Yuzhan Vong love. That's the difference between me and the Praetorite Vong. <laughs> yeah, obviously. Meanwhile, up in space, Danny Key's like, why is this planet all fucked? Yeah. So as they're leaving, she's just sort of looking back at the planet a little bit, and she goes, hold on. Whoa, 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 whoa. Hold up, hold up, hold up. It turns out that the planet is fucked. There's, like, dark yellow and green gas on one side of it. Yeah, they're like, there is a giant storm. Yeah. Like, a storm that you see from space and go, oh, shit, that's huge. So a huge storm's a brewing. So she tries to radio in, but the radio doesn't work because, you know, the tower's got shit going on on it. But there's a little bit that gets through to, uh, what's her name, T-Ubo, the, 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 ro- oh, yeah. the Twi'lek. And they have to, like, go down farther. Tweebo? 
Tubo. Tubo. Tweebits. Tweebits. Tweebo. Tweebo Bryson. Yeah, they have to go further closer to the planet because they're like, oh, I'm just going to use a regular communicator rather than trying to go through the tower. So they can almost get through and they're like, hey. But they like skip off of the atmosphere and almost break the ship. Yeah, okay, we can't do that. So they try the communicator, they get through to Tubo and they're like, hey. Storm. X-Men. <laughs> all new X-Men. <laughs> all new, all different. Colossus. Sunfire. <laughs> Battling the island monster of Krakoa. Uh, so they have one of those, what? What did you say? Mm-hmm. Conversations where... Little, little telephone tag. Yeah. They have no idea if the message has gotten through to them, and all they heard from T-Ubo is Garth. They're yeah. like, oh, something happened with Garth. We assume it. that means Garth fixed the tower. Yeah. Garth probably fixed the tower. Everything's fine. So instead of trying to go through this dumb nonsense, we're just going to send a regular message to the tower and hope they get it. Yeah. So everything's fine. But of course... Nothing is fine. Yeoman Carr has fixed their little red wagon. Yes. And he still holds all the cards. Of course, our cards are made of wriggling flesh. I mean, that's not that much worse than what cards are normally made of in the Star Wars universe, so this is fine. Well, yeah, normally it's just a bunch of tablets. Yeah, not cool. Not Uh, cool. And I think that's the chapter. Uh, Oh, we get Nominor's final business. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Where Nominor pretty much orders a missile strike on... uh, I thought that was the start of the next. Yeah, Nominor goes ahead and just straight up shoots missiles at Osarian or whatever it is, the other planet, from his planet Ramamul. And he... Ramamul. (laughs) He manages to do it without the mediator shooting them down by... Essentially, he has a variety of little. He's like, okay, tricks. I'm gonna, I'm gonna shoot them off on the far side, away from this, and then they'll go like dark, and then they'll only refire rockets once they get to the planet. Mm-hmm. Also, I'm distracting them by saying that I'm gonna meet with Akdul. Uh, Akdul. So Akdul is the guy in charge of the, uh, the the mediator, which is the Mon Cal cruiser. I think it's a star defender uh, between the two planets. Uh, and Actul is the the Moncal in charge of it, and he's a social climber in the military right now because there aren't that many Moncals left in the military. Yeah, and he's he also needs to prove himself because everyone's like, you only got this job because you were a Moncal, and Akbar yeah. retired, so they felt they needed to have more representation. Right. So he's like, well, obviously, if I get a chance to commune with, with- I don't want anyone to think that I'm just an affirmative action. Yeah. So he's like, I'll do the be the person who negotiates with Nominor if he doesn't want to talk to Leia, and then I'll get that glory. So all of this starts happening, and then Nominor manages to just absolutely blow up the capital city of like Osaria. Yeah, and he does it over the the uh, protestations of the mayor of the city he's in. What's his name? Like Tanactan, Shock Tanactan. He's no, uh, no, that's Shock Tanactan's his his adjutant. The, the guy who's in charge of the town is Tanactan Breath or Breath. Uh, tough Actin Tanactan. Yeah, Tough Actin Tanactan Breath. Uh, who's like, no man, I don't want to do that. But then he shuts up when when uh, Nominor kills like eleven other city officials who were also objecting to it. Well, he's just like, oh, all of these city officials have died. Clearly, the work of Osarian assassins. Yeah, and so once he blows up the capital, he calls Actul and is like, "Hey, I blew up the capital because a bunch of people here are dead." Bye, bye. Yeah, and then he watches like the news on Os- Osa Prime as the missiles fall. Yes, and he's so 
excited that people are dead. Yeah, he's so happy. And there you go. That's the end of that chapter. Yeah. Meanwhile, in the boring chapter. Meanwhile, at the Millennium Falcon. Yeah, they're on the planet Reesey. Reesey PC? Yeah, they're, they, they have managed to get off Coruscant, at least. The Falcon is currently on the planet Reesey. Uh, R-E-E-C-E-E. Getting them some Reesey cup milkshakes. Uh, I don't know what's going on there. But uh, they've stopped off there before they head out to Coruscant because they're trying to find more information. Not, not, not to Coruscant. From Coruscant to wherever Lando is. Because Han's trying to dig up info on what Lando is doing exactly. Yeah, and that's going to be the end of the chapter. Yes. But in the in the meantime, the plant the, the ship settled down and we get to see... I think it starts with, with Luke and Jason? Yeah. Yeah. So Luke and Jason are sitting, or, or Jason's sitting around being, you know, a smug 16-year-old evil teen. Yeah. The, when, the teenager who's like, I'm definitely not evil, but I do know exactly what's right for the universe. Yeah. And Luke comes up. Luke in this, in this book is basically described as, every time he talks, it's a surprise, whatever he was saying. <laughs> like They're like, oh, it's you, Luke. I, I suppose you're here to lecture me on important Jedi wisdom. No. No, actually, I wanted your opinion. <gasps> My God. You actually care what I think? Luke Skywalker? He's so omnipotent. Yeah. So, anyway, he's like, hey, I heard you had another fight with your brother. Oh, well, we were just sparring. Yeah, I don't care about the lightsaber fight part. That doesn't. I mean, as much as your dad would probably be like, hey, don't fucking do that in the main cabin of my ship. Yeah, quit lightsaber fighting in my house. Uh, but... But you know, like, aside from that, I'm yeah. talking about the actual yeah, you know, ideological fight. You got you seem to be having ideological battles with Anakin. Uh, and he's like, you wouldn't understand mm. your opinion, because you're the one who's trying to put the Jedi Council back together. Uh, and I don't even want that. Uh. It looks like, oh, why? I do like, at least, that when Luke talks to him, like, the whole thing is, Jason expects Luke to treat him like a kid, like a teenager. Yeah. And Luke is just like... No, man, explain it to me. Yeah. Like, do you have a reason? Please give it to me. And he's like, you know, if this was anyone else, I would assume you were being sarcastic, but you seem actually open mm -hmm. and wanting to know. I have to assume that that's actually fully genuine. I mean, Luke does not know anything about his... Like, oh, no. He's he's a, more or less a self-made Jedi. Sure, he had a couple of teachers, but they both kicked the bucket. Yeah, I'm like, you had teachers for, like, days. Yeah. And this whole thing that's happening where they need a Jedi Council is because the Jedi are basically acting like self-appointed police officers now, all throughout the galaxy, running around stopping like small crimes. Luke never did that. Yeah. That wasn't his thing. His thing was, oh, serious business is afoot. I have to stop the Emperor. Oh, yeah. And even then, it's like, I'm not even really... Like, going out like, aha, my mission! It's like, no, man, these guys are after me, so I have to kind of do something as well. Right. Like, I think he's been faced with an interesting conundrum, which is, what do you do with a whole bunch of fully trained space warriors in a post-war situation? Stick them in the bed with a captain's daughter! Stick them in a bed with a captain's daughter! <laughs> Put them in the scupper with a hose pipe in them! <laughs> but no, he's... Early in the morning! No, he's, he's basically like... I've got this huge police force, and the galaxy doesn't need this. Yeah. It's too heavy-handed. The weird thing is, Jason just keeps not looking at that. Yeah. All he's looking at is, I just don't like the whole Academy thing. Yeah, man. It's like you're trying to put me in a little box. Well, basically, as a 16-year-old opinion of the situation. His whole thing is just like, I think we should have, you know, one teacher, one student. 
And the more you have this academy where you have like multiple students under one teacher, the shittier they're going to be in the force. Yeah, yeah. It's convenient that he basically has the Sith philosophy is what he would like to do. Yes. Two there should be. Yes, always two. Yeah. A master and an apprentice. Uncle, have you heard the legend of Darth Plagueis the Wise? <laughs> uh, no, I haven't. Oh, that doesn't surprise me. It's not <laughs> something that you'd be taught in the in the history books or whatever. It's not something the Jedi <laughs> Academy would teach you. Yeah. So, uh... Yeah, he's basically, it's a little mix of teenage petulance where he's like, I want to do the Force my way, which is apparently to meditate until he thinks he gets it, probably with some Evanescence music. Yeah, he's just like, I think it should be pure Force, all Force all the time, and then that's it, and we should all give ourselves over. He's very weirdly religious about it. Yes. Whereas a lot of other people are like, kind of religious, but it's mostly like, oh, this is just a thing that exists in the universe, mm-hmm. and I'm in touch with it, and I use it. He's like, no, the Force is so grand, and I must give myself over to it. Yeah, yeah. But he basically is like, we aren't a police force, and we shouldn't be. We should be ascetic monks, is basically where he comes from. And if we make changes to the galaxy, they should be minor changes that are, that are thought out with extraordinary amounts of planning. And it's foresight. like, the reason we need to have a council is we should be beholden to people who are in charge because they make decisions for a ton of people and we don't want to just go in there, kick the door down and do whatever the fuck we want. Yeah. And Jason's like, oh, so we, you're saying that we should be answering to Borskphalia? He's a dickwad. Yeah, that was the, the other problem is just his kind of generic rejection of modern authority where it's just like Borskphalia is like the principal man. And listen, you're just singing his song. You're just dancing to his tune, man. And then I do like Luke goes, man, I don't like the way you're talking right now. What? Pride, my dude. You keep thinking you're better than people because you have the force. Yeah. Chill your shit. Yeah. He's like, hey, man, all of us suffer from some pride. But look, Borskphalia is legitimately an important guy. I don't care if you don't like him. Like, it doesn't matter if you think you are a better person than Borskphalia. He makes decisions for billions and trillions of people at the moment. Yeah. And he kind of just puts Jason in his place. Like, Jason basically, he's like, hey, I'm going to go. You got to calm down on this pride stuff. Uh, just, you know, really think about what you want in the, in, in, uh, the, from the force and from life. And then he's, he's walking away. The only thing that Jason can manage to cough out at him is, be sure you make the right decision. Yeah. Uh, the fact that Luke can deal with Jason as well as he can mm-hmm. is amazing to me. I'm like, man... This is the first book where I've actually been like, oh, cool. Luke's like an actual Jedi Master because he is completely unflappable, but also like... A little hey, gnomic. He's a little gnomic. He's he's wise, but also open to other things. Like, this is the sort of personification of an older Luke yeah. that I would want to see. Yeah, no, this is great. As opposed to the, like, the most recent older Luke that we have seen where he's like, I'm in love with a girl. I love this weird ghost inhabiting a doctor. Yeah. <laughs> I can't leave her alone, Leia. Uh. Well, I guess at this point he finally got over Callista and married Mara Jade, so sure, why not? Yeah. Uh, okay, so, so yeah, that's the end of their conversation. Meanwhile, <laughs> checking in with... Uh, Everyone else who isn't Han and Chewie, it's 
3PO, Mara, and Leia, and 3PO is like, oh, do be careful, Lady Vader. I'd almost forgotten this part is in the book. Uh, yeah, because we have to set up a page of why we're not going to have Bulper anymore, Yeah, because Bul- instead of killing him, we're just like, oh, we leave him somewhere. Amazingly, Bulper's going to live, and this is one of those things that I really hate about the the uh, version of Leia that the, that the book's put forward, is she has an honor guard that's been detailed to her by the Nogri ambassadorship, uh, They because they, they feel that they owe her a life debt. Uh, and she lacks the wherewithal to just say, no, please stop sending bodyguards with me. They always die. Or, no, I don't want them because she very clearly doesn't. Yeah. So instead, she's like, fine, I'll have bodyguards and I'll sneak away from them, teehee. Yeah. She, fucking the fact that she like if this was the first time she had ever done it, I'd go like, oh, wow. OK, yeah, she's she's just gotten so tired of the rat race and trying to live up to being Leia, an ambassador that she wants to be free and go on an adventure, like, uh, out to the outer room with her family. Of course, that's been what every book about Leia is. Oh yeah. Every book about Leia is, I don't like being a diplomat. I hate how rich and powerful I am and being handed cookies by a four-armed werewolf man. I just want to be a mother and, and do adventures, but also have people bow to me but also i hate that but i, I need di- it i want dynastic rule of what is essentially a monarchy with me as the figurehead because i'm allowed to like hang senators from tent hooks if i want <laughs> what i want is all the privileges of being in charge and none of the responsibility definitely still want to keep the emperor's old house yeah i would like everyone to still think i am important and get a huge salary but i don't want to work yeah, but anyway, what's what's happened is she's like, hey, we're not taking Bulper with us, 3PO, so you're going to have to be my uh, Nogri bodyguard for this. You know, sarcastically saying something like that to 3PO. Well, yeah, she tells 3PO that because she's like, if I tell 3PO that he's my Nogri bodyguard, then he's not going to go, oh, why isn't Bulper here? I'll contact him immediately. Yeah, but instead he responds with, ah, then I shall call you the Malariosh, Lady Vader. And she's like, no, don't. Oh, my God. What if you, you call I, me Lady Vader one more time, one I these, will disassemble you. 3PO, this is like the fifth time I've taught you about sarcasm. Are you wiping your own memory? <laughs> oh, of course not. It, it, no. It, it doesn't get me off or anything. <laughs> it's what we droids call the stranger. <laughs> <laughs> I wipe my memory while I'm doing it. <laughs> then I'm surprised that I'm doing it. Ooh. Oh, an oil bath is so much more mysterious. <laughs> Anyway, what's sarcasm? <laughs> or bluffing? I don't know. I don't know anything. <laughs> Human-cyborg relations, what's a lie? I have no idea how to communicate. <laughs> so ridiculous. But she's like, no. And then she does this whole like rant in her own head where she's like, I don't want to be called the Lady Vader. I don't want to be called Senator um, uh, uh, or uh, Organa or Senator Solo. I don't want to be called the Prime Minister or the whatever anyone wants to call me. I just want to be Leia. Ah, just want to be Leia but also rich and also go on adventures and also not face any consequences. Yeah, it doesn't... uh, It's just annoying. I mean, I can understand that she's like, I retired from from the Senate. I'm not a senator. I wish people would stop treating me like one. But can I still be super rich and famous and powerful and do whatever I want? But I just keep doing it anyway. Can I just operate without oversight? That'd be great. (laughs) Can I just get mm, supreme privilege? Yeah. Uh, so the, and then she has yet another conversation with Mara Jade about the disease where she's like, ah, 
I see you. You're going to defeat that disease someday, aren't you? You won't let it control your life. Oh, you're so strong and beautiful. And Are we kind of noticing at this point that Leia's a little thirsty? Leia is a little thirsty for Mara. Yeah. Like, every time she looks over, it's like, oh, that Mara Jade. She's got such a great relationship with my daughter. She's like another mother. Yeah. Me as one mother and her as the other mother. And she's so hot and determined. And she has another really interesting relationship with what's-his-face, my uh, my brother or whatever. What's the, I don't know. What the, that can't anyway, be, that's probably not a big thing, right? I should probably invite her over to my room. Mm-hmm. No need for clothes. We're friends. I'm pretty... <laughs> I'm just picturing her as basically Carrie Ann Moss from the Jessica Jones series at this <laughs> point, just sort of idly hot to every elderly lesbian. <laughs> But yeah, like she's getting a little jade thirsty. Yeah. Uh, and Mara is just kind of like, yep, sure will. Mm-hmm. Thanks, yep. Leia. Let's go on an adventure. Whatever. Please, please take your hand off my thigh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm uncomfortable. <laughs> Personal space, Leia. We talked about this. <laughs> uh, okay. Then we got to check in with Han and Chewie. Yep. The very end of this chapter, Han and Chewie go into the not cantina. What was it called? Like... Foamy fizzes? It is Rybold's Foam and Sizzle. Ah, yeah. Rybold's Foam and Sizzle. The local shitty bar. Yeah. I mean, at least that's a great name. I'm going to say Rybold's Foam and Sizzle is mm, It's pretty good. It suggests that they have delicious food. I need a burger there. The Foam and Sizzle? Unfortunately, the foam is the burger. (laughs) Ah, shoot. It's a molecular gastronomy. (laughs) The sizzle is the drink. Gosh, it's some fucking molecular gastronomy nonsense, isn't it? Uh, We've got Uh, a foam reduction of burger. We've served your burger as a foam. It comes under a little glass orb that has smoke in it. The smoke is bun flavored. Here's your crystal lettuce. It comes in cube form. (laughs) And, of course, if you could hold out your arm, we're going to inject your soda. (laughs) Thank you. You. <laughs> uh, okay, but it, instead it's just your standard sleazy dive full of the standard sleazy races of the galaxy. Yeah. Oh, no, there's Gamorians in here. Oh, no, a fat Gamorian bumps into Han and Chewie, and Chewie gets to be like, hey, hey, come on. <laughs> Thankfully, that doesn't happen in this chapter. We're back to describing his roars as roars. I like to imagine... That for some reason he put that he's been giving the chapters one at a time, and the editor got that one and went, "Whoa, no, this can't be allowed." And he's like, "I tell you what, I'm not going to do it anymore, but you have to keep that one in there. I'm not rewriting." <laughs> Salvatore does one take. <laughs> yeah, that's so. At this point, uh, Chewie's back to just descriptive roars. Yeah, we don't. Sadly, that the era of the ah seems to have come to an end. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's described as being full of all the most unpleasant races: Gamorians, Rodians, uh, Vovrians, Bothans, Snivians, Turvigs. Yeah, I don't even know what a Turvig is. Yeah, uh, I noticed. Well, I know maybe if you join us in our bonus content, a, a Turvig could be yours. Ooh, you might find out a little bit of something. That we like to call Turvigs. I can tell you that some of those other races we can't do, because we've done Bothans, we've done uh, Vovrians, and we've done Gamorians twice. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Anyway, so they are looking around for some information, and uh, they find fucking Dugo Dugo Baggy. Dugo Baggy. They find Bilbo Baggins. They find Dugo Baggy, and boy, is he ever tired and ready for an adventure. Dugo Bag End. He's hanging out in his hobbit hovel. 
Actually, he's a Sullustin. In his Sullustin hovel. So Sullustin, you'll remember, is the face flaps guy from uh, Return That's of- what Dugo Baggy hates. <laughs> <laughs> ah, no admittance except on party business. <laughs> you'll remember him as face flaps, Neum Num type guy from Return of the Jedi. Yeah. Uh, except this one, thankfully, is not Nian Num's, like, cousin or something. Yeah, every time we find a Sullustin, it's like, what are you? DN Tam. Yeah. I'm Nuen Tumb. Yeah, there's two of them in the X-Wing game that are named, like, Nian Num and Nian Tumb or something like I'm that. I'm being dumb. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm being dumb. Yeah. But this one, thankfully, is Dugo Baggy. Dugo Baggy, great Star Wars name. It's a perfectly good story. Have you seen that thing, John, where, how to generate your Star Wars name? Yeah. Yours isn't very good, right? Uh, no, it's uh, like Jota. Remove the fourth syllable from your last name, or yeah. fourth letter from your last name, and then make that your first name. So Teor, and then your last name is your first name backwards. Teor Naj. Yeah, Teor Naj. Yeah, Teor Naj sounds exactly like something that would be in Star Wars. Yeah, and mine's just like Aldich Fedge. Aldich Fedge sounds like a fat bureaucrat. It sounds like a cheese. Aldich Fedge sounds like someone that would be on the council with Borsk Failure. I can see that, yeah. It's just some sort of, I'm Aldich Fedge. Aldich Fedge, uh, leader of the council. Yeah, he's just saying, that's actually Boss Nass's real name. <laughs> ah, they call me Boss Nass, but I'm actually Aldich Fedge. Yeah, thankfully you remember that that was Brian Blessed, because you're really leaning into it. Oh, I fucking love that they got brian blessed for that it made me very pleased it's the reason that phantom menace blessed's shitty heart is probably the best of those three movies yeah i hate to say it uh, no that's not true at all oh, what phantom is- menace is ooh, real bad i don't know those those three movies are all on their own weird level of extremely bad i mean at least the third one i would say is probably the best uh, i think that's rose covered i mean i used to think that myself but it was because when those movies were coming out i was like 21 so I was like, fuck yeah, this one's all dark and it's got like Sith revenge and, and Vader's in it and shit. And then you watch it again, you're like, oh no, none of this makes any sense. <laughs> none of this makes sense at all. Uh, the problem was they did this whole thing where they're like, hey, did you want to know what happened in between the second and third movie? Uh, I Go read some stuff we put out. We don't care about that. All we care about is showing Amandala and more dresses. Yeah. Yeah, that third one is the worst at least the first one's got memorable shit dude. even if it's stupid you still remember spinning that's a good trick what, what do you have from the third one nothing but no and i have the high ground i mean i'm gonna tell you right now i have the high ground is definitely a better meme <laughs> uh than spinning that's a good trick or yes. no hmm interesting thought folks right in which is the best meme from the prequels <laughs> It's probably going to be one from the second movie now. It's going to be that sand one, isn't it? Oh, uh, it's definitely the sand one. Uh, it's rough and coarse, and it gets everywhere. It gets up in my flaps, Amandala. <laughs> it's up inside my flaps. It's all around my scobos and dweebits. <laughs> it gets in my villips. <laughs> I'm peeing sand, Amandala. Uh, so, Dugo Baggy. Oh, right. Uh, so, yeah, Han sees Dugo Baggy, and is like, perfect. That's the exact right level of criminal for us to lean on. Yeah, like... He's littler. He's kind of tiny and nervous, but also knows things. Yeah. So we can easily intimidate him, but he'll actually have some information. Yeah. So they try to flank him out, and sure enough, Baggy tries to run away from Han and just runs into into Chewie. Yeah. Who just, like, sits him down. He's (laughs) like, and here you go. Yeah. And Baggy, to his credit, tries to 
brave his way out of it. He's like, hey, fellas, I wanted to talk to you. If you're drinking, I'm talking. If you're paying, I'm talking. <laughs> if you're paying, I'm paying. If you're, if paying, you're drinking, I'm, I'm drinking. If you're drinking, I'm do-go baggy. <laughs> <laughs> if you're do-go baggy, who am I? <laughs> Uh, if you're drinking, I feel bad for you, son. I'm Dugo Baggy. <laughs> if you're here and you're over there, what? Oh, boy. So Record like, scratch. Yeah, that's me. Dugo Baggy. Luckily, Dugo You might ba- be wondering how I got in this mess. <laughs> so they're like, hi, Dugo. What do you know about this one random thing? What uh, do you know about Lando's operation? Oh, Lando? He's, uh, he's, he's mining asteroids. And? And he, and he mines them and 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 he has a business and no and then <laughs> yeah and then the wookie's like two he's like harn or whatever and he's like oh okay 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 he's trying I like the, to I like the thought that chewie is still completely dialed out just huh oh harn uh harn yeah harn okay there you go yeah he's intimidated yeah i made the check i took 10 yeah i'm, I'm good <laughs> but he's like okay fine uh lando is out there and the game is afoot <laughs> there so that it's basically training pilots to be able to get through asteroid fields so apparently lando's whole deal is that his game that he we described a few episodes ago where you get a, a, a tie fighter with a ton of shields on it you fly it around an asteroid maze uh is training smugglers to be such good pilots that they can mine asteroids that have previously been thought of as impossible to get to yeah, because they're like, oh, there's no way you get to it. They're too close to other asteroids. You crash your ship if you try to get there. So they're like, oh, there's one off the coast, uh, off the uh, off the coast, off, off the coast of scenic Hoth. No, off, in the orbit of Hoth, there's an asteroid that's famous for being extreme. Like it's pure platinum. It's made of pure platinum. It's Dirty Dan's pure platinum. <laughs> what I think might it's not be little good- darlings. Yeah, I was gonna say that might not be a good joke because I'm not sure if that's a regional strip club or not. Yeah, but it's definitely, there's an asteroid near Hoth called Deja Vu. Yeah. And it's got hundreds of beautiful minerals and three ugly ones. But it's surrounded by vicious cheetahs. (laughs) Uh, Strip clubs. uh, Strip clubs. We did some jokes. Uh, (laughs) Famously, it's made out of peppermint rhinos. (laughs) The most valuable material in the galaxy. I don't want no rhinoceroses. I just want hippopotamuses but to get to the peppermint rhino asteroid you must pass through the coyote ugly nebula <laughs> they don't even take their tops off it's it's really a shame <laughs> it's in the burlesque sector too Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> all right so uh so yeah apparently that's lando's extremely bad game instead of being like oh he invested heavily in i don't know tractor beams so you could just move the asteroids that you don't want out of the way yeah, He's like no, I'm I'm training a new breed of hotshot daredevil miners. Yeah, it's a weird plan, but okay. I mean, that would have been great if he was like, "What happened?" Uh, Lando set up a towing company, and he's doing this so he can have enough tow cables and towing lines and shoot the asteroids that aren't worth anything i mean what are we doing and when they're small you can use a reversed tractor beam to just push that crap away yeah but no he's got to train people how to fly in asteroid fields in order to get to a platinum asteroid that he wants to mine but also the mining he's doing now is profitable as well yeah so he's he's got a lot of side gigs going does uh does old lando uh and then i guess we also get a bit here of uh Dugo Baggy describing how uh, Jedi have been real bad for the smuggler business recently. 
Yeah, and that's why he was like, oh, I didn't want to talk to you at first because, you know, you're associated with the Jedi. Yeah, the big Jedi. We aren't really doing... Jedi are really ruining our businesses out on the fringes right now. It's like they have nothing better to do. (laughs) It's like they just got set loose on a universe without any direction and decided, fuck it, I'll just do whatever I want. I'm going to go stop crime and gain heroism in a universe that doesn't really need that. And honestly, you guys should have a, these guys should have a way lighter touch about like smuggling and stuff. Oh, but who is it exactly that's making trouble for you out there? Oh, it's Kip Duran. Yeah, it's just Kip Duran and his dozen plus two. Uh, so it turns out Kip Duran, we don't get that much detail on this, but apparently Kip Duran... Uh, the destroyer of the Karita star system who got for, he got forgiven because Luke was like, hey, please, to the council. And they were like, all right, well, I don't want you lightsabering us, Luke. So sure, <laughs> this ridiculous genocidal monster can definitely still be a Jedi if he wants. Yeah. Has and then he's like, oh, what's the best way to atone for my sins? I know. I'll go murder people in the outer rim. I'll go be a space cop where I murder people for glory because I'm a good guy. Oh, yep. Kip Duran is that thin blue line. <laughs> I'm assuming that this is actually a judgment on Kip Duran, that he's developed, he's built himself a little army of Jedi Knights, and he's out terrorizing the milder criminal elements of the galaxy. <laughs> the dozen and two Avengers. Yeah, the dozen plus two Avengers. The plus two is Hawkeye and, Scar- and, uh, Black and Widow. Scarlet Johansson, and Scarlet Johansson, not even Black well, Widow. No, I was going to say Scarlet Witch. <laughs> Scarlet Johansson. <laughs> I was going to say Scarlet Witch because I got their names mixed up. <laughs> Uh, it's embarrassing (laughs) yeah i like that the most han can say is that "Ooh, that kip drawn he's a bit of a loose ion cannon i'm like a bit of a loose ion cannon he blew up more people than darth vader ever did he has murdered a lot of people he blew up like five earths you blew up five city earths (laughs) i get results chief no you don't that was nothing nothing came of that i mean to be fair that was still an imperial stronghold at the time when kipteron blew it up he basically took out the imperial schools and then also a bunch of worlds yeah so uh anyway he's out there now being a valiant knight for justice i guess so that's what we've got waiting for us over at lando's dip and chip i don't think that i don't think kip duran i, I mean i've never read any of this njo stuff i don't think kip duran's in this book are you sure i, I don't know i don't think so i, I mean i i feel like they wouldn't mention him unless he was going to show up i think they probably gave uh salvatore a big list of shit because there's like so many of these njo books I think they might have given Salvatore a list of things to mention so they could be like, ah, NJO6, the tyrant's test. And that's the one with Kip Duran nonsense in it. Nah, I'm going to I'm gonna go ahead and make a prediction that Kip Duran shows up. All right. Yep. We're going to get some Duran business. We'll see what happens in future installments of Expounded Universe. Thank you Meanwhile, so much. we're done. Yeah, aren't we? Yeah, we are all done here. We're all tuckered out. We've we've gone as hard and as fast as we can go, and now we're spent. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've drained my scobos on this one for you, folks. <laughs> the villip is no longer full. I gotta let that rest for a while. The Maybe spi- drink some milk. <laughs> the spirit is willing, but the dweebits are spungy and bruised. <laughs> uh, but if you want a little bit more. We've got some bonus content for you. Yeah, we have that coming up. We're going to go on to Wikipedia, deep dive, find the weirdest stuff we can, and bring it back to tell each other and tell you. 
Hell yeah. To find that, all you have to do is go to our Patreon, patreon.com slash systemmastery, and support us at the $2 level. Yes, indeed. That unlocks that. It unlocks the System Mastery bonus content. And if you go just a skosh higher at the $5 level. Just a scobo. Just a scobo higher. Just one dweeb at a month more. Mm -hmm. And you get... Our monthly content, you get the afterthought, you get access to on our average, afterthought channel on the Discord. That five bucks per month level, or five bucks per episode level, adds up to about ten bucks a month, but you get seven bonus episodes per month if you do it. You get so much crap. There's so much more episodes, and, and why wouldn't you want so much more episodes? We're just giving it away for ten bucks a month. <laughs> just just for free, we're giving it away. free for ten dollars a month. It's a steal at twice the price. Mm-hmm. Which you're also... Allowed to give us if you would like. If you want to, you can give us twice the price. It's up to you. It's Th all up to you. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, otherwise, we'll see you in the bonus content or again in a week with more Expounded Universe. I've been Jeff. That's been John. Uh, actually, instead, I'm Elan Sleesbogiano. <laughs> <laughs> and I love Dewey Bits. Dewey Bits.